When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Sacra to McDavid on the right half boards. Dishes Hall, one touch, wrist shot, score! Leon Bryson on power play goal. 6-2 Oilers in the Rexall finale. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. Ladies and gentlemen, Dagger. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The first word goes to Danny tonight on our text line, 630-630. In capital letters, he writes, do not trade Taylor Hall. Reed, please tell the powers that be. That is from Danny. I have plenty of time to listen to you tonight as we head into the NHL draft with the rumors flying left and right. The lines are open 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. I'm heading to Buffalo tomorrow. And we'll have live coverage of the first round of the NHL draft from 4 to 9 p.m. on Friday. And then rounds 2 through 7, 8 to 11 a.m. Saturday morning. All beyond with Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer. Going to be a lot of fun. A lot is going to shake down. Who are the Oilers going to take at number 4? What existing players on the roster might not be Oilers? by the time Friday night, Saturday night, Monday morning come around. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Ched. It is 607. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, Stu McDonald is going to check in tonight as well. He's the Oilers chief commercial officer as the Oilers schedule is out. And I'll go over some highlights of the schedule as we move along tonight. Hey, the Edmonton Eskimos start their season on Saturday. They looked good in the preseason. Can they keep it going now that the games will count in the standings? The Ottawa Red Blacks in town on Saturday. 3.30 pregame show on Shed. The game will start at 5. Morley Scott will check in as it looks like the starters have been sorted out, especially in that defensive secondary, which uh, had some changes in the offseason, had some injuries in training camp. Of course, John Ojo, the all-star from last season, out for the year. You'll also hear from head coach Jason Moss and quarterback Mike Riley. All as we move along to this evening on Inside Sports. And we're going to start it off with our uh, NHL draft report brought to you by Nate's Computer Training Center. Heat up your computer skills this summer. Enroll now for July courses at nate.ca slash ctc. So, look, there there is a lot out there at the moment at, at this time of year, and, and some of the stuff that's bubbling now is that uh, Taylor Hall's name is out there in a possible trade. And, and look, it's always, if, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, then you know how I feel about rumors. If you're new to Inside Sports, I can tell you that I am not a, a huge fan of uh, trade rumors and trade proposals. I guess that maybe makes me a little different than the average hockey fan um, for two reasons. First of all, I, I find that when fans propose trades, they are often in favor of 
whatever team that fan cheers for. It's not unique to Edmonton. I think you would find that in any market. And also, you know, there could be 10 rumors about a player. At most, one of them is coming true. And often none of them do. Remember that. Everybody remembers the, the rumors that pan out to be reality. There are a lot that simply go nowhere. Um, but Travis Hamanick was uh, a guy who was uh, on the block for the New York Islanders during the season because he requested a trade. It never happened. He has since rescinded the trade request. Now, that doesn't mean that he couldn't be traded. The New York Islanders can still, can still move this player. And... Now the latest is, well, maybe the Oilers are talking to, to the New York Islanders here and, and they would give up Taylor Hall for Travis Hamannick. I, I, I want to play this off the start. And this is Mike Johnson from Sportsnet, former NHL player, talking to Brendan Ulrich on Oilers Now earlier today. Brendan was filling in for Bob Stoffer, And Johnson was discussing the Hall for Hamannick rumors. It makes a ton of sense for New York. Yeah, <laughs> if it's straight side, up. Yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, Taylor Hall... Uh, unless there is some sort of dynamic within the dressing room or, or, or something that we don't know from just watching the games, uh, they, they feel they have to move somebody out of the room and maybe it would be a Taylor Hall. Um, as far as just on ice, and I'm not trying to disparage Travis Hamannick. He's a good defender, absolutely. And he's got a nice contract that's signed for lots of term, which makes him very attractive. But so does Taylor Hall. He's, got, you know, he's not making too much money for what he produces. He's one of the best offensive left-wingers in the league. He's matured um, both on and off the ice and how he plays out there as far as sticking with the game plan even when he's not scoring. He helped make Leon Dreisettle what he was in that first half of last year. I, I just think he's too good. I, I, mean, I would much rather trade the fourth overall pick than Taylor Hall. Hmm, okay. I know what Taylor Hall is, and he's going to be good for another seven, eight years. You know, If you take Matthew Kachuk, you take Dubois, they might be good. I doubt they'll either one will be as good as Taylor Hall. Uh, and I'm taking the known commodity that uh, I know how good he is and, and he's ready to be good right away. So, um, yeah, I read that as well, the Hammonick. And I, I, I get it. Tyson Berry seems to be off the block. Votnin's off the block. The Oilers are desperate for a right-shot defense and they can add some offense. You know, you start working your way down. Who's next? Who else might be available? Um, you know, maybe Travis, Travis Hammonick's the next best guy. But for me, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. And I, I understand getting antsy and feeling, you know, we need to make something happen, but you can't make a bad trade just for the sake of making a trade. You can't give away players like Taylor Hall just because. So uh, I would hope that that's not the case of a trade. And if it was Taylor Hall and Hammock, there would have to be other pieces coming back towards the Oilers from the Islanders for to make that work. Well, there's the thing. Hall for Hamannick is not an even trade. It, it, it's in favor of the New York Islanders, and Mike Johnson says it very well. If that's what is on the table, then the New York Islanders have to give something else up. Uh, I mean, they draft 19th. I, I would suggest Hamannick and the 19th for Hall uh, wouldn't be adequate either. There, were, there would have to be something else going on. Jackie and a few texts are starting to roll in here to 630-630. She says, uh, I'm fine with trading Taylor Hall. There is only one true untouchable on this team. If Hall is traded, then the Oilers could take Kachuk fourth overall. He could potentially take that left wing spot vacated by Hall. All I want to see is improvement on the ice, which, which, is, a, which is a fair point. I think, I think most of you have favorite players. That's the point of being a sports fan. But 
I mean, I think we're all, hopefully we're all at the point where if the trade makes the team better or rounds out the roster, then that's fine. Uh, and, and I mean, I don't think except for McDavid, there are any untouchables on this team. I just think you're getting fair value. You, you have to make sure you get fair value in the trade. And I, I, I understand a lot of people associate Taylor Hall and Jordan Everly with failure because they are the two guys that have been here the longest. And especially Hall was supposed to be the, the building block of, of the rebuild and the team really hasn't gotten any better. So fair enough. If you if you want to assign that label to Taylor Hall, I, I guess go ahead and do it. I, there are a significant number of you that, that do that but, that, that. but that doesn't mean you just jettison him for the sake of jettisoning him. And and don't get enough in return. Boyd or uh, pardon me, uh, Hamannick would be would look great on the Oilers roster. I mean, he could play a lot of minutes. He could defend well. He would certainly help them in their own end and killing penalties. Um, but but that's not enough. Andy says Hall for Hamannick and Dal Cole would be good. You know, maybe we're talking a little bit more there. Uh, Armswar says the Taylor Hall haters are funny. First, they can't wait to get rid of him. When they find out it's Hamnick and Boychuk, uh, all of a sudden they back off. Ha, 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 ha. That is from uh, Armswar. Uh, DB says, uh, trade rumors from a person like Bob McKenzie I have an ear for. The trade fantasy stuff, no thank you. Well, fair enough, DB. It obviously depends the, the, the source of the rumor a lot of times as well. You can keep the text coming to 630-630. You can phone in 780-496-0063. I, I know probably a, a day I just want maybe want to let uh, you guys talk if you have anything to say or anything you want to speculate on because because there is a lot flying around and and I know that that lately there's been more and more speculation that it might be Hall or Nugent Hopkins traded more so than Everly simply because of the depth down the Oilers right side and it, and it's funny what has happened over the last couple of years because two summers ago you would have identified Hall, Everly, Nugent Hopkins, Neil Yakupov and Justin Schultz as probably five pretty important pieces uh, for the Oilers moving forward. Well Justin Schultz is already gone, Neil Yakupov is likely going to be gone and probably one of those other guys if not two uh, will be gone maybe within the next couple of weeks and maybe by this time next summer there's only one of those guys left um you, you know and I'm, and I'm saying maybe something could happen in season as well all right uh again 780-496-0063 some interesting texts coming in we will get to those we'll uh, break down some interesting facts about the oilers schedule when we get back inside sports on ched this is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Blue Jays back in action, trailing the Arizona Diamondbacks 3-0. That one is in the bottom of the fourth. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630. Chad, thank you so much for tuning in tonight with you until 9 o'clock. The Oilers' schedule is out. You can go to the story on the Oilers page on 630Chad.com. I'll go over some of the things that stand out for me as we move along tonight. You can text 630 The uh, phone number 780-496-0063. You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. JT Shark says, uh, if we do not trade Hall to address the legit number one D-man, then who? Nugent Hopkins and Everly don't get the deal done. Well, right, but neither does Taylor Hall. I mean, I, mean, I, I 
if, if you are in a group of people still holding out that the Oilers are going to acquire a, a, a true number one defenseman this summer, then I think you're going to be really disappointed. Because Drew Doughty's not going to be traded to Edmonton, okay? Because uh, Aaron Ekblad's not going to be traded to Edmonton, okay? Because Duncan Keith is not going to be traded to Edmonton. I, I, I don't believe, ultimately, Montreal is going to lose their minds and trade P.K. Subban. So I, I, we're not discussing Hall for a number one defenseman, especially if we're discussing this New York Islanders rumor. You're discussing Hall for a very good defenseman and, and somebody else of, of value. Look, the Edmonton Oilers are, are going to go into this season without a true number one defenseman on their roster. I, I cannot state that more plainly. And if I'm wrong, I will gladly admit I'm wrong because that would be great if they somehow got one. If I am wrong, I will gladly admit that I'm wrong. But as I've said, there, there are opportunities here for the Oilers to improve their defense. There are opportunities through free agency and trade to add, I, would, I believe, one or two solid or even above average defensemen. It will not be a guy in the model of 06 Chris Pronger or Zdeno Chara in his prime or some of the guys I listed now who are currently among the best defensemen in the game. I mean, if the Oilers had that guy, you would not part with him. So I don't think other teams are going to part with him. So we're not talking about Hall for Burns or Dowdy or... Pick a guy, whatever. We, we, we all know the top 15 defensemen in the league. None of them will be Oilers next season. I mean, honestly, let's face it, guys. We're probably talking another Sekera quality defenseman or two. At best. We're, we're, we're talking adding one or two defensemen who can clean up the Oilers' end a bit, can move the puck well enough, but aren't elite point producers from the back end. And we're, we're hopefully talking about continued growth from Clefbaum, Nurse, and Davidson specifically. And, and that's a lot of ifs. So I'm not, I'm not going to sell you any beans here that a couple acquisitions and, and are, are going to make the team way better and that, and that the three younger guys I mentioned are, are going to bloom into Bobby Orr overnight. But I, but, I mean, we're not talking about getting a number one defenseman because I just don't, don't see that happening. Corey the Butcher says, Hey, Reed, I agree with the statement of not making a trade for the sake of making a trade. I think Shirelli will do what he can at the draft and free agency, but I also wouldn't be surprised if a bigger trade happens into the season when the teams see what they have on the ice. Have a good evening. That is from Corey the Butcher. Well, I think there's going to be a, a significant trade involving the Edmonton Oilers before the start of the season. These things often happen at the draft. Could happen later in the summer, too. Dave Leppard says, uh, Taylor Hall's a star in the NHL. He seems to like it in Edmonton. The Oilers need to keep him because we seem to have a hard time attracting stars to come play here other than acquiring them in the draft. Hemsky, Horkoff, and Smitty of the past come to mind as the last star-quality players the Oilers have had, uh, and I believe they were all acquired in the draft by Edmonton. Uh, and then Dave says, I would trade Taylor Hall if we could get Stamkos somehow, though. LOL. All right. 
MT says trade Yakupov and the first rounder next year for the best defenseman available. All right, here's something else. If you're putting Yakupov in a trade proposal, you're not putting much in. That That is an Oilers-centric trade. Well, let's give this other team two players that aren't very good for a really good player on their roster. Ain't going to happen. I mean, I, I know the uh, Yakupov for uh, Sanheim thing is, is flying around again. I mean, you're, you're going to get somebody who's not panning out with another organization, right? That, that, that's what you're going to get for Yakupov. Uh, Sober Joe says, when you say a major trade, what do you mean? Are you referring to one of our $6 million players? Yes, that's exactly what I'm referring to. Uh, Greaser says, uh, can't the Oilers make a smaller scale trade for a mid-20s up-and-comer and go with Clefbaum, Nurse, and isn't Ethan Bear a right-shot D, uh, a player who's very impressive? Uh, Ethan Bear had a really good year in the Western Hockey League. I, I don't see him in the NHL this year, though. And, and I think if we're talking some kind of a deal, um, then it'd be a right-shot guy who's going to trade this year. Bruce in the park says, how about Hall, the fourth overall, and the 32nd overall for Simmons, Provorov, and the 18th overall? If you're Philly, do you want to part with Provorov, though? That'd be my only thing there. Hall for Pareko. Again, I mean, Hall's worth more than Pareko. You'd have to get something else for the Blues. Jeff says, if the Oilers are trading with the New York Islanders, there are no three pieces that would end with the Oilers winning the trade if Hall is the single piece moving out. That is from Jeff. Sobering thought there, Jeff. Thank you. Magic Mike. Nice to have people movies were named after texting the show. It's quite unnerving thinking that chances are we will still have a below-average decor next year. It's sad because it's not going to be good if we don't get off to a good start at the new arena. A drastic trade is needed, and by drastic, I mean I think we need to overpay to... uh, I think we need to overpay and be okay with it if it means we get a Burns or a Doughty. Thank you, Reed. That is from Magic Mike. Thank you for texting. Well, yeah, I, well, Magic Mike, you're right. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to sound negative or that improvement isn't possible, but, but I, I, I mean, I'm not expecting the Oilers' defense corps to become a, a impenetrable wall overnight with three elite point producers. I think the D can get better. I do. And I think there's a, a, a pretty good goaltender behind them. But I also think even if one of the $6 million guys gets traded, uh, I, I, I still think we got to be realistic about the improvement that can happen. More of this and some schedule talk when we get back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Blue Jays stretch out a couple in the fourth. They trail Arizona 3-2 at Rogers Center. Now into the top of the fifth. Your scoreboard, courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. Just seeing some uh, activity on uh, Twitter here. TSN doing their rankings of the top players in the CFL, and they have put your quarterback, Mike Riley, at number one going into the season. Darius Bowman ranked seventh. Darrell Walker ranked eighth. 
I guess uh, a Grey Cup championship team coming off a 14-4 and season, you'd expect they have a few good uh, individual players. It'll start for real for the Eskimos on Saturday against Ottawa. It'll start for the Edmonton Oilers for real in terms of the regular season in their new building. On Wednesday, October 12th against the Calgary Flames, you knew that yesterday because the NHL announced the home openers, but the whole schedule was unveiled today. Of course, you can go to 630Ched.com or the Oilers website to check it out. Some of the highlights, an eight-game homestand in March. I actually went back and looked through all the previous Oilers schedules uh, they've had a couple other eight-game homestands before. They had a nine-game homestand back in the 81-82 season. Buffalo's going to be here early. Jack Eichel in town on October 16th. Austin Matthews and the Leafs, again, assuming the Leafs take him on Friday. They'll be here Tuesday, November 29th. And I want to bring in to talk some uh, schedule and ticket <coughs> stuff and new season excitement with Stu McDonald. He's the Oilers' chief commercial officer. Stu, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, man? Hey, great reading you. I'm doing very well. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Because as I, I think you've probably had, as you usually do, a pretty busy day. Are you uh, in Vegas for the awards and some meetings and stuff? I am. I arrived this morning to, I don't know, I think 40-some degrees, so oh. a pleasant day down here. And uh, <laughs> But, yeah, looking forward to the awards tomorrow. And uh, we've got a few NHL meetings in the morning, and the governor's meeting is uh, it might have been today. Uh, we've got uh, Bob Nicholson and Kevin Lower down for that as well. Okay, and uh, the awards tomorrow, Connor McDavid is up for uh, Rookie of the Year. As you probably know, Stu, I did a little bit of poll late in the season uh, indicating that he might not quite uh, win it, but we'll see. Uh, my, my thing was highly unofficial, of course. And uh, I guess it's the, uh, the, the worst-kept secret in sports uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is the, is the announcement for very likely the, the Vegas expansion team, I guess, eh? Well, certainly the rumored announcement. Yeah, it's been uh, the topic conversation with the cab driver coming in, even so that uh, it's, it's certainly grabbed the attention of the town here, and I think everyone's waiting to see what uh, you know if if the uh, predicted outcome is going to be the one that's announced by the league tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's going to be cool. That would be the the thirty first team for the NHL. Stu, the Oilers' uh, schedule out today. The the full NHL schedule uh, out today. I mean, it's uh, it's. I imagine there's. Uh, several computers and, and people working on this schedule year-long. From an Oilers end, um, tell, just tell people what goes into it. I mean, I assume there's some dates where you say we, we would prefer this, we would we would prefer not this, if, if you can all make it work. Is that sort of the information the league gets from you guys? Yeah, it's really a multi-month process uh, that started back, uh, I'm going to say probably close to Christmas time. Bill Scott heads up. Uh, a lot of that for our organization, coordinating the hockey ops and commercial requirements for the organization and dealing with the NHL day-to-day on that. Um, But you basically start off by submitting a variety of dates. You have to submit uh, X amount on different days of the week. So, you know, I think every team, if they had their choice, would probably just submit Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, (laughs) But tough to get a schedule done that way. And so the league mandates that you've got to provide a few Sundays and Mondays. Uh, And that obviously helps them, you know, not only construct a schedule that can manage travel, but also, you know, they're working around broadcasts uh, of both radio and television in the U.S. and in Canada. And so, you know, that's an important piece that they know that they've got balance on that with uh, national or regional games uh, that, that take place during the course of the year. And, and then they can uh, meet the, the requirements of fans from their broadcast appetite as well. All right. Uh, it's it's interesting to me too. Uh, the the you guys are moving into a new building, and it's great that you're right in there on opening night, October 12th against Calgary. 
you're you're no longer sharing uh, the building with uh, the Canadian Finals rodeo. Yet you still have a rodeo road trip at the start of November. Is that just yeah. uh, to avoid any conflict tough or just tradition? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a tough habit to break. I guess. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think the um, part of it's probably. I, I think you know if, if if you look at schedules year over year, there are some elements that stay consistent and then i think that's you know without knowing it as a fact but i think as as the league starts the scheduling process you know they they work from a bit of a template working off the previous year and okay and i, I think those are probably some of the pieces you, you know usually when we're on the road there's a you know the likelihood that the flames are on the road as well uh and that way that teams coming in can you know can catch both teams or or at least two or three of us uh, calgary vancouver and so that those, some of those elements come into play on it and that was uh, but yeah it did uh uh, strike as uh, as a bit of a redo to have us out uh, for a bit in November, but as you said, we certainly make up for it in March and April. Yeah, eleven of thirteen games in March will be at home, and yeah, that epic eight game homestand that's that's going to be pretty cool. Stu McDonald, the Oilers' chief commercial officer, joining us. Stu, the, one of the recent conversations we we had, I, I came and talked to you uh, downtown when you guys talked about the uh, the the season ticket cap being raised tell us uh, tell us how that went it seemed like there was a pretty immediate uh, response to it uh yeah the the we've been capped at about fourteen thousand, you know plus or minus for the last four or five years and uh, our seat and seat registry our waiting list uh had exceeded three thousand actually up above thirty five hundred uh over the last few months and uh so we took a look at that and said with the expanded seating base of Rogers place that we really thought it was the right opportunity, right time uh, to expand the cap on season seats to let uh, more of the people who've been waiting patiently on uh, a registry to get in and purchase season seats. So, so we we moved that number from fourteen thousand to fifteen thousand, and uh, you know, true to Oilers fans, that it took about two days uh, of uh, fans who've been waiting on the registry for them to to uh, jump on board and and select their seats and we we reached our cap within about 48 hours of making them first available so we've got a couple thousand people uh on the registry and you know and we'll hopefully fulfill those as you know there's always a bit of turnover every year in that and we certainly want to bring new customers in uh, and let new fans in on an annual basis on season seats um but the other piece that you know you and i were chatting about is, is still really important for us uh, to make the the games accessible to as wide an audience as possible. So we continue to have mini packs, which actually the priority draw for those uh, just launched over the last couple of days. And uh, I believe the packs themselves will be announced. Now the schedule is out. The packs will probably be coming out uh, towards the end of this week, uh, the latest early next. And then uh, and that draw will take place uh, within the next month uh, to allow a number of fans to come in and, and purchase our power packs. And then following that, we'll be out with uh, retail tickets. So. Uh, we've got a limited number in this marketplace because of the demand for season seats and 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 power packs, but there there definitely still will be individual game tickets that go on sale before the summer's out. Okay, I, 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 that was my next question, so I'm glad you answered that because when I was tweeting some of the things that stood out for me about the schedule this morning, a couple people were like, "When can I buy tickets? I want to get tickets." So that's when I was like, "I think I need Stu McDonald to <laughs> to to, to, uh, to come on but, the show." And normally, you know, historically that time's usually been in you know late August, early September for most clubs, but you know, we've just that demand has moved that date up earlier and earlier. Last year was mid-August that we put uh, individual game tickets on sale, and and you know that could move as as early as early August or even late July this year because uh, you know we so we know there's a lot of Oilers fans who are really anxious to 
to get a chance to get inside Rogers Place. So we, we want to make sure we can make that available as, as quickly as we can. Well, that that's cool you're doing that. And, you know, to, and, and another f- implication of this is, too, I've, I've had a lot of people say to me, um, you know, I know there's going to be a demand for Oilers tickets, so if I can't go to an Oilers game or if I don't want to wait till the season, I, I want to get Oils King tickets. So it's it, there's a lot of opportunities to, to see the building and get in there early in the season, too, if you want to, because there's great WHL action coming through town. No question. And, and we expect Oil King's schedule to be coming out, I'll say, you know, the next two or three weeks is our hope that that will get announced. Um, but, again, they'll be playing their 36 regular season games in Rogers Place and uh, – and as you say, you know, terrific value for that ticket. Uh, you know, it's an entry price point at the $20 mark. So uh, regardless who you are and uh, and what your appetite is for hockey, that we can we can provide it and provide it uh, at a variety of price points as well. All right. Well, thanks for those details, especially about the, the mini packs and uh, when that draw is going to be and the single game tickets, because I know a lot of people are, are interested in that. Uh, in, enjoy Las Vegas. I know you'll stay out of trouble, Stu. And am I going to see you in Buffalo, or do you have to come ba- back to Edmonton from Vegas? No, no, I'm back uh, actually after the award ceremony tomorrow night and uh, be in the office next couple of days. So I'll be uh, watching and listening uh, from Edmonton on uh, Friday evening. Okay, it's going to be fun. Stu, thanks for fitting me in tonight, man. I really appreciate it. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Reed. That is Stu McDonald, the Oilers' chief commercial officer, checking in tonight. So going over some of the uh, the details of the schedule, at least some of the things that struck me. I mentioned the, the home opener. I mentioned Buffalo coming to town on October 16th. Don't forget the Oilers have an outdoor game. They will play in the Heritage Classic in Winnipeg Sunday, October 23rd. It's going to be an afternoon game, 1 p.m. Edmonton time. Um, the Leafs games are both in November. The Oilers are at the Leafs on November 1st. Toronto comes here on November 29th. Uh, a New Year's Eve home game for the Oilers for the second straight year. They will play the Vancouver Canucks at 8 o'clock on Saturday, December 31st. The Oilers uh, were home on the 31st to Anaheim last season. They lost that one one nothing. The Ducks uh, came in and they were starting to roll around that time of year. Around Christmas, the, the Oilers get a bit of a break. They play on the 23rd, and then they don't play again until the 29th. Uh, usually they're back at it on the 26th or 27th, so they get an extra day or two off there. A new thing in the NHL this season is a bye week. It's not quite a full week. It's five days off. Every team gets it in January and February. I think except for uh, Anaheim, theirs extends into March. So players get five days off of no games, and there are also no practices unless the team plays on the first game back. They're allowed to have an afternoon practice. So... The Oilers are going to play Super Bowl Sunday in Montreal. That's February 5th. They'll play at 11 a.m., so it'll be over before the Super Bowl. And then they're off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, back at it on Saturday, February 11th against the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's uh, that's a brand-new thing. Also keep in mind, Sunday, November 27th could be a good one. And I'm getting ahead of myself because the CFL season hasn't yet started. But if the Eskimos make it back to the Grey Cup, Sunday, November 27th is the Grey Cup day. So the Oilers have a 1 p.m. matinee against Arizona. And then the Grey Cup usually starts around, what, 4.30, 4.40. So that could be a pretty cool cool doubleheader for Edmonton sports fans if uh, the Green and Gold make it back to the big game. And yes, that eight-game homestand in March, which includes visits from Pittsburgh, Montreal, and Boston, well, and Detroit, too, for uh, for that matter. So uh, the Oilers in February only play three home games out of 12. 
but then 11 out of 13 are home in March. So that's uh, some of the things that shake down. I wrote a blog on this. You can go to 630ched.com to check that out. All right. Uh, thanks to Stu McDonald for joining us tonight. Morley Scott is coming up in the next hour of the show to go a little deeper into Eskimos talk. More time for Oilers chat, whether you want to chime in on the schedule or get back to some of the draft and trade speculation. We have open phone line 780-496-0063. And, of course, you can text 630-630. It's 645. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Shad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 6:30. Chad. We'll have coverage of the NHL draft starting at 4 p.m. on. Friday. Oilers right now have the fourth overall pick. Just announced in the last few minutes here by the NHL and uh, the NHL Players Association, the salary cap for the upcoming season will be $73 million. That's an increase of $1.6 million over last season. It was at 71.4. So uh, there you go. Keep that in mind as the spending will soon begin. What's going to happen is uh, the draft is uh, this Friday and Saturday from the 25th to the 30th is the negotiation window for teams to negotiate with free agents but not sign them, and uh, then the signing can start next uh, Friday, July 1st. And we'll have special coverage of that day for you right here on 6.30, Chet. Um, some uh, text to 6.30, 6.30. Troy says, did the Oilers get screwed again with a bunch of games up front and a lot of space at the back end of the schedule? They did not. They did not. Uh, what was it this year? They played three games in the final 12 games of the season, 12 days of the season. Not the case this year. They will play five games in nine days in April, the 1st, 4th, 6th, 8th, and 9th. A uh, little, I guess, a three-day break at the beginning of March. They don't play on the 1st, 2nd, or 3rd. But, uh, yeah, then they're playing pretty much every second day on average until the end of the year after that. The season ends with a home-and-home against Vancouver. Saturday, April 8th in Vancouver. Then Sunday, April 9th, the Canucks will be in town. DB says two of the four games between the Oilers and the Flames are used up at the start of the season. Sloppy October hockey. That sucks in my opinion. That is from DB. You play everybody in your division five times in the Western Conference except one team four times. And that goes on a rotating basis. So we only get four battles of Alberta this season instead of five. And, yes, DB is right. It's half done right at the start of the season. The home-and-home, the other two Edmonton-Calgary showdowns will uh, be in January. January 14th in Edmonton, January 21st in Calgary, back-to-back Saturday nights. Uh, DB also says to build a stud defenseman, you have to draft and develop your own availability and cost force this issue more than ever. And uh, yes, I think DB believing in my point that uh, I don't think the Oilers will be trading for a stud defenseman. I just don't think that's something that can be easily acquired. JT Sugar says... I think even if we overpay for a D-man, they wouldn't want to come here. I would think some players would take a pay cut to be in a winning franchise. 
Well, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you're talking about overpaying through free agency or overpaying through trade. I mean, the Oilers overpaid for Andre Secker. There, there's no doubt about that. I, I think Andre Secker is a good defenseman. And I also don't think he's worth the $5.5 million per season, but I do think he improved the Oilers. Uh, another texture says, Reed, did McDavid play enough games in the 15-16 season to count it as his rookie season? Uh, short answer, yes. Matt says, uh, hey, Reed, I think the Oilers should draft the defenseman in the first round, whether that's either dropping back or moving up from 32. Drafting and developing a defenseman is the only way to get a true number one, barring a miracle. That is from Matt. Well, you know what, Matt? There are some people who have just said if 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 the Oilers think Sergachev or whoever is the best defenseman in the draft, they should just take that guy at number four, even if you're taking him three, four, five slots higher than you would normally. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I know some of you believe that. Mournville Joe says, Too funny, you start your show with a large preamble about not wanting to talk possible trades and then spend the next 30 minutes talking trades. Now, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't say I wasn't going to talk about it. I just said it's not necessarily my favorite topic. But at this time of year, it's relevant. And I know a lot of you want to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. Topher Allen, where has Topher Allen been? Haven't heard from him since the pigs ate my little sister. Topher Allen says, besides the new arena, the next best news is that Strombo is off Hockey Night in Canada. That is a uh, unconfirmed report going around that George Strombolopoulos will be replaced by the guy who he replaced. That Ron McLean will be back as the primary host on uh, Hockey Night in Canada. Don't think they're going to announce that yet, but it sounds like it's going to happen. Uh, Matt says, "Hey, Reed, did you just see the league set this salary cap at seventy-three million dollars?" Yes, I did. Did I did I mention that? I did mention that. All right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text six thirty six thirty. Mike in St. John's texting in tonight. He says, uh, "Reed." Are we a bunch of idiots to place such a high value on the $6 million guys? We're told that Hall can get the most, but not a number one D. Apparently the GMs are not placing such a high value. What gives? If it's a future number one D the Oilers need, then just draft one. Enough of these first overall forwards. Finally, nobody cheered more than me when Hall was drafted, but I don't want him moved. Where is this hatred coming from? If you go back to the oil change documentary when Sagan and Hall were wooed, the documentary ends off with Hall saying, uh, I hope they pick me. So that's clear to me that he wanted to be an oiler. That is from Mike in St. John's, Newfoundland. Well, the thing is, I I, I don't think Hall can get a number one defenseman because, again, if you have that commodity, it's so hard to get. I mean, look, there are 30 defensemen in the league who play the most minutes on their team. But they're not all five-tool defensemen, right? Who can defend positionally, who can play physically, who can skate well, who can move the puck, and who can produce points. A true number one defenseman is above average or excellent in all those areas, right? So if you actually have one of those guys who has all those abilities, you're not giving them up.
Uh, and another texture says, <laughs> Justin Schultz won a cup with Pittsburgh trade hall for that deep playoff experience. <laughs> I love it when people have a sense of humor. It's much needed. You can always reach out on the text line. You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Here's the deal. Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Network will join me for a little more hockey talk. And Morley Scott will get you ready. Start getting you ready for Saturday's home opener featuring the Eskimos and the Red Blacks. That is coming up. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.